0: Good morning, church. I just pray that that worship time just ministered deep to your soul this morning. I know that we got lost in worship as we were recording it and just as we were being reminded of the awesome, amazing, precious love of the Father for us. And I just believe, praying and believing that it did the same for you in your homes this morning. Well, I'm humbled and honored to speak Um, This morning, a word that's been burning in my heart since January 1st, (laughs) since New Year's Day of this year. And um, I believe God began speaking it deep to my soul. And then I believe that it is a word for each and every one of us who's listening to Jesus, lovers and followers all over. And and I'm going to be speaking this morning on returning to your first love. Now I have to make a confession. I only put two and two together at the beginning of this week that I was speaking on returning to your first love and it was falling on Valentine's Day, today is Valentine's Day and I'm like oh, that's amazing and I did not plan that, it's just this is the word on my heart, I happened to get asked to speak on Valentine's Day and what do you know, it works, (laughs) so that's just another confirmation that it is God's word for us today. Um, I just want to begin by praying and then we're just going to dig right deep into this, Lord Jesus I just pray this morning that you would use me to speak your word to your people that are listening. Father, may my words ignite a spark deep within the souls of your people, all the people who are listening this morning. Father, have your way, do what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. While well, returning to our first love, it was January 1st month and a half ago and I'm in our kitchen New Year's Day making breakfast like I always do and we had worship music blaring and I was I think I was deep in thought I was just thinking about this new year and you know all the things that would hold and possibilities and all those kind of things and um, we were listening to Carrie Jobe who's this amazing anointed worship leader and she has just come out with this beautiful new album and so it's loud in our home and the song that was on at that particular moment was a song called First Love. And the lyrics go something like this. I'll probably mess them up. But you you will always be my first love. You'll always be the one. And then she goes on to sing, I feel my heart beating out of my chest. I want to stay forever like this. And it's just this passionate song about returning to our first love and being so in love with the Lord and just being in that place and staying at that place and something deep within my spirit just leapt and responded to that worship song and the songs that she was singing. And I was like, yes, yes. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying, do you love me? Are you really in love with me? Is everything that you are doing an overflow out of that love for me? And I believe that that same question he's asking to each one of you as well as myself. Are you in love with me? Do you love me? Now, this message is not meant to be a rebuke or to make you feel guilty by any means. This is just a message that I feel the Holy Spirit is asking me to speak to you in this question. It's like a tender warning to our hearts and our souls to return to our first love, to, our, to return to Jesus and the simplicity of just being in love with him not for what he can do for us, not of what we can ask of him, but just in love with Jesus. I want us to look deeper into this, and I want us to go to revelation, um, revelation chapter 2, and it actually talks about this very thing, returning to your first love. And Revelation is written by the apostle John, and it is based on a vision and a revelation that Jesus gives to him. And it, this is a letter, this book is a letter, to seven churches. And based on this vision from Jesus that John has received. Now, it addresses some shortcomings and challenges that the church is facing in this day when this is written. And it's also commending the church for the good that it has done and is doing. And these themes can still be applicable to us today. So many years later, because that's what's so awesome about our Bible, right? It is living, and it is active, and it is sharper than a two hundred sword, and it can speak to us today, even though it was written many, many years ago. And that's why I love the Word of God so much. Now, um, I'm going to start in Chapter 2. And again, this is Jesus speaking, and John is recording this and writing this. And in particular, Chapter 2, he is writing to the church of Ephesus. And he says, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And I just want to stop there for a second. The seven golden lampstands are believed to be the seven, to represent seven churches that he's uh, writing to. And Jesus is saying he walks in the midst of those churches. And I just think that's such a cool, I just, whenever something like that sticks out to me in a reading, I'm like, yes, he's here. He's with us. People, he is with us, church. He is in our midst. Where two or three are gathered, there he is in the midst. And then he goes on to commend the church. In in verse 2, he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Nevertheless, nevertheless means despite all of that, all the good that was just listed above, I have this against you. You have left your first love. The passion paraphrase says, I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the very beginning. Chapter 2, Revelation, verse 2. Jesus is commanding this church. You're a healthy church. You are doing great things. You have programs. You have services. You have have patience and a steadfast endurance. You have not become weary in doing good. This is a good church doing good things. And Jesus is recognizing that. But one thing, he says, you're lacking love. You're doing all the things, but you're lacking love love. Has there not been sometimes this temptation to do a great deal for Christ, but not live a great deal with Christ? Charles Spurgeon asked that question many years ago. Sometimes is there a temptation to do things for Christ, but not be with him? We do more than we be, and that is the opposite of what God wants. Our doing needs to be an overflow out of our being with Jesus. It becomes an expression of our love for Him after we have spent time with Him. Be still and know that I am God. Psalms 46, verse 10. Be still and know and then go out and do your living and your breathing and your work and your rest and your play and let it be an expression of your love for him because you're so in love with him worship that's the definition of worship all my love everything i do is done in love for you lord here it is i'm so in love with you thank you that i get to do this moms Thankful that you get to change another diaper and feed another um, hungry belly and drive another child to another practice. And those of you going into work every day and the alarm goes off, thankful that you have a job to go to and something that you can work at and excel at. This is the way that our work and our doing and our service becomes worship is when it's fueled out of our times of being with the Lord and it's worship and it's done out of love. You may be retired, but your lives are filled with doing things for others. And maybe you're, you're picking up groceries and delivering for your neighbor. Maybe you're taking friends or um, loved ones to appointments and your life is full. We all are at different stages of life, but it all looks the same. We all are doing some things, doing things the question is, is it fueled by love or is it done out of duty or obligation or a sense of responsibility? In 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, it talks about this very thing that we can do so many great things in life, but if it is void of love, it is, if it's lacking love, it's just all loud, useless, annoying noise. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing if we are doing things all the things but lacking love it is nothing but noise useless annoying loud noise producing nothing there's that tender warning there's that tender calling out do you love him is it is you're doing fueled out of your love for him It has come out of being with him. Jesus says in Matthew 11 verse 30, he says, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Now, there's a surefire way to know if you are kind of walking out of that love and out of that, that you're doing is not an overflow out of the love (laughs) that you have found in the secret place with your father is when you're feeling burdened and everything has become a drudgery and not delight. And when everything seems really overwhelming and really hard, it's a time to check our spirits. And oh, am I talking to myself right now? I am not pointing fingers. They're all right back here. Am I in love with the Lord? Am I fueled by my love for him in this secret place? And then my doing is fueled by that. Do you love him? Do you love him? The most important thing, Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus says when he's asked by Pharisees and the Bible says he's tested, they're testing him, and they say, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Love him with everything within you, every part of your being, everything Love the Lord your God. Do we love him? Do we love him? Is my doing fueled by my being with him? Get into the secret place. Return to your first love. Let's go back to Revelation 2. And we read the warning there when Jesus says in verse 4 that you have, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And then in verse five, he says, remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I don't want to lose the sense of the presence of God in my life. I don't want him to remove his presence because I have fallen away, because I have drifted that never be said of us how do I return how do you return to your first love if you are feeling the nudging of the Holy Spirit touching you this morning tugging at your heart and you're like yes I think I've been drifting yes I have been drifting yes I feel dry I have lost my first love how do I return the Bible is very clear Jesus is always so clear it's not a guessing game with him Verse 5, Revelation (laughs) 2, remember therefore from where you have fallen, remember when you first discovered Jesus. Remember when you first fell in love with him. Remember when you first encountered the life-changing presence of God and the love of Jesus that washed away all your sins. Remember that time and that place. Bring back to remembrance. Recall the goodness of the Lord and all the times in your life when he has been so good and so faithful. Refresh your memory if it's a little bit dull. Remember when you first fell in love with Jesus. And then he says, repent, repent. Let us be people who are sorry, that we would come and humble ourselves and be sorry. That is repentance and not just be sorry, but then work on changing our ways. We work at it, we have responsibility here People, it's not just, I'm sorry, God, and then keep on going. No, there is an active act that we need to do. We need to work out our salvation. We need to work at these things that are causing us to drift. We need to call ourselves back. We need to take responsibility, repent, and then work on changing. If you feel yourself drifting, if you felt yourself drifting in this season, if you feel yourself being becoming complacent, Repent and then work at changing. Don't rely on somebody else. Don't think it has to be your leader's job to work out your salvation. No, no, no. That's not how it works. He he will forgive you when you repent, but we have responsibility. What do we do? He says, do the first works. Do the first works, act out the actions of love, and then you will begin to feel that emotion of love when you begin to do the things, those first things. Get into the Word. For some of you, that may mean dusting it off a little bit and start again. And then for some of us, it may mean just diving in a little bit more. Get into the Word of God. Pray Again, this looks different. We're all on different parts of the journey. For some of you, it may mean start again. Start talking to him. Talk to him on the car, on the, road, on the way to work. Talk to him when you're cooking dinner. Talk to him when you're out for a walk. Talk to him, commune with him. And also for some of you, it may mean just get down on your knees more and cry out for more. Repent and cry out for more and talk with him. It says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Commune with your Father. Worship. Get back. The first works says, get back to worship Him. I feel like sometimes I'm a broken record when I'm saying worship. But I tell you again, turn on worship music. Fill your homes with worship. Let the presence of God invade your spaces. Fill your cars when you are driving back and forth. If you are a musician, pull out that instrument and start playing and start worshiping in all of its rawness and realness and maybe not sounding so great, worship him. Start or do even more of. Where are you at? We're all at different places. Work out your salvation. Fan into flame. Some of us, the flame is really low or feeling dim. I'm calling you to fan into flame. Do the things form the habits we have so many great things now we have Apps on our phone um, of reading plans that we can do to kind of hold us accountable. We have alarms that we can set on watches and phones that can remind us to, oh, I need to pray. It's lunchtime. I'm going to pray. Oh, it's 3 o'clock. I'm going to pray. Do the things. Work it out. Do the hard work. And He promises He will come and He will draw near to you and He will blow on that small flame. But we have responsibility too. You and I have responsibility. Get close to Jesus, move closer to Jesus. Charles Spurgeon said, when first love departs, we begin to think that 10 minutes will do for prayer instead of the hour. And when we read a verse or two in the morning, whereas we used to read a portion, never used to go out into the world without getting some marrow and fatness. And now the busyness has so increased that we must get into bed as soon as we can. We have not time to pray. You guys, Charles Spurgeon wrote this in the 1800s. I read the sermon that he wrote in the 1800s, a sermon about this very passage that I'm speaking on today from Revelation 2, returning to your first love. And I was so caught up in the amazingness that the word of God was being preached. This was still a message that needed to be taught so many years ago. Well, I mean, John wrote it. (laughs) <laughs> so many years ago. And now, this many years in 2021, we are still coming back. And the God is calling us and speaking to us. Has it just become 10 minutes? Well, that'll do. 10 minutes, quick prayer. When it used to be longer. Oh, when I'll get my scripture for the day. When it used to be a portion of scripture giving you life. Have we drifted? Have we come away He's calling us back. Return to your first love. It's a call to search our hearts. Have we left our first love? Have we become lukewarm in our relationship with Jesus? And in this year, I know, I will admit, I know you guys, it has been so hard to not be distracted, to not grow apathetic, to not lose our passion and grow dry and stale in our relationship with the Lord because there's no meeting together. We can't gather right now. There's no corporate worship times. There's no physical place to show up to, to hold yourself accountable, to show up every Sunday morning or to a small Bible study group, that things that w- we relied on in the past to, to feed our relationship with the Lord. Now, those are amazing things and I cannot wait till they're all back in place. That's, there's nothing wrong with those things, but we cannot solely rely on those things to feed our faith and our relationship with the Lord. And I think this is a season where we have been woken up to the fact that, oh, it's hard to work out our salvation when we don't have all those things helping us along the way. All these good things. We just we're bombarded with restrictions and more restrictions, and we can't do this and we can't do that. And, and we get tired. And weary but God's calling us back to his heart calling you and I back to our first love to being captivated by him and his goodness he is so good and he loves you and he loves me and he wants us to draw near to him Charles Spurgeon says the heart that is near to Jesus must be full of his love If we are spending time with him, if we make this conscious decision to draw near to him and to be with him over our doing, our heart will be full of his love. It just will happen. He is faithful, you guys. He will pour into us. He will breathe into us. And you know what's so important? The world needs us to be in love with him, church. They need us to have a passionate, alive relationship, with living relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ so that it will overflow out of us and it will bring hope to those in our worlds. We all have spheres of influence that God has put us in and and some of us are the only Jesus that people will know in those worlds that he has put us in. Did you catch that? Some of you are the only Jesus that people will know. So we need to be in love with Jesus so that it is overflowing and oozing out of us so that our everyday work and play and being and doing and all of the things that make up this beautiful life that we live, all of those things are oozing out the love of Jesus because we have spent time with him and it is our overflow. Our living is, a, is a, an act of worship to him. The world needs that. They need to see that. They need us to be that. Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24, David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my, my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me. Are we delighting in him? Or his stuff become kind of hard and drudgery. He's calling us. He's calling the weary hearts, our weary hearts, to return to their first love. And I can think of no greater picture of somebody returning to their first love than in in Luke seven, verse thirty-six. And in my Bible, it's titled A Sinful Woman Forgiven. And it's a story. And I encourage you to go back. I don't have time to go into it, but um, it's Luke 7, 36 to 47. And it's a sinful woman. And, and, And how the story goes is that Jesus is in a bunch of stuffy religious people's homes eating with the Pharisees. And they're all in there and they're eating. Jesus is there with them. And this sinful woman enters the room. And it says that she comes from behind and she is weeping. She's coming humbly before him. And then she proceeds to come. And she has this alabaster jar, a flask of fragrant oil, a very expensive oil. We are told when you study it, very expensive oil. And she falls down at his feet and she is still weeping in this kind of undignified mess before Jesus. And she's washing his feet with her hair and her tears. And then she's anointing his his feet with this oil from her jar. And all the religious people are all up in arms. And does Jesus know who this woman is? Does he really know who's touching him? But this woman, she has a deep humiliation for her sin. And she is repentant. And it is such a beautiful picture, church. Of repentance and returning to our first love and pouring all of our affections. Jesus is this, this passage of scripture is used so much as a depiction of, of lavish worship. And in verse 47, after Jesus has answered some questions and he's tried to explain to these. These religious leaders and these religious people, he's trying to explain what's going on and how he sees the situation. And then in 47, verse 47, he said, this woman, she has loved much. All this display, this humility, this, this repentance, this worship pouring out, her love pouring out, this expense and giving up her dignity, this is much love returning to your first love church I just feel the spirit of God calling out do you love him are you in love with him am I so in love with him that all of my doing is an expression of my love for him it becomes my worship my lavish expression of worship come back May it not be said of us that we have left our first love, but know we will be a people that remember the goodness of God, remember His faithfulness, remember how it felt to fall in love with Him, and bring ourselves constantly back to that place. There's responsibility. Repent. Repent. Come humbly before Him like this woman before Jesus and repent of your ways, of your drifting. Come before him and work on changing, work it out. And Do the first works, number three, do the first works. Get into the word of God again and more. Maybe you totally are and maybe you have this really great discipline. Maybe God's calling you to more that passionate, lavish, Display of worship, of getting into His Word, praying to Him, speaking to Him, worshiping Him, turning on the music, the worship, and letting it just invade where you are and change, and change the atmosphere in the environment in your spirit. Return to your first love. That's what He's calling us to. He needs his church, his people, followers of Jesus, that's what you and I are, his followers, to be madly and passionately in love with him so that what we do, our living, our breathing, our work, our play is an expression of our worship to him. Let's return to our first love.